What is up, family? It's Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor Wisdom from Parents Who Did It and the author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books are available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab your copies there. And of course, you're listening to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, a place where black male clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. Super duper cool episode coming up. Very, very encouraging young man on this episode, which you guys are going to love. But before I get into that, I want to give you guys an update. I know a lot of you guys have been sending in messages, asking a lot of questions, and I apologize for the emails I haven't gotten to. It's just been a lot lately, um, a lot in a good way. I mean, we've just got tons of media attention here lately. We did the Today Show on my desk right next to me is an article that came out in the newspaper We're on the front page of um, Dallas Morning News Metro section today, and we've got all sorts of inquiries coming in about media requests, which is great, and I'm not by any means turning that away because the media attention is great. It helps us move the needle forward with our mission. Um, it's just that anybody who knows me knows that I'm not the spotlight type of guy. I'm not I'm not the guy who wants to be Twitter famous or Instagram famous. That's just not who I am. I'd rather be in the background doing the work, pulling the strings, being the brain, and have nobody even know it's me, right? If it was up to me, that, that would be me. People always say, Dale, why don't you post more about yourself, post more pictures? That's just not who I am, right? Um so the media thing kind of, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not the big media guy, but you know, for the sake of the mission, I'm taking it right now. Um, so we're really busy, needless to say. So those of you who have sent us messages and who haven't responded, please forgive us. It's because we just got a lot going on. And we're trying to keep up with everybody. All right. Um, one of the big questions we keep on getting is, hey, summit, summit, summit. You can do summit. Can we do summit? Come here, do a summit here. Everybody wants us to do a summit the places and trust me we're intending for all that we're strategizing for it right so you got to be a little patient with us um you know the, the one we have on the books right now said is going to be the big one the one here in dallas next february but we were hearing you guys and we're responding to you guys as, as as we the time is being allotted for us but a lot of you guys are calling us out there and we've got so many speaking engagements lined up already and such um so just be patient with us be patient with us we are getting there and We've got a lot more coming for you guys. This is just the beginning. Trust me, we've got a lot more coming. Speaking of just the beginning, this Kickstarter campaign, um, you guys know we're at the beginning of our planning for our feature length documentary. At the Kickstarter campaign, we have to get to $100,000. So if you guys haven't given, please take a moment, pause this, and go support Contribute. It is a big vision, a big project that's going to change so many lives. We're making a feature length documentary. Our Kickstarter goal for this to get us going is $100,000, and we're at 83000 right now. If we don't hit the $100,000 mark, we don't get any of the money that we've raised. So I really need you guys to contribute, to kick in, um, give what you can. The doctors or people who are further along in your careers on here, if you want to have a bigger role in the film, associate producer level or such, give it that level. We welcome you guys, and we just need, really need to hit that goal, and we're grinding, and, and we're going to hit that goal because I believe some of you guys are going to hear, and you guys are going to back us support us and help make this happen because it's that important there's going to be even if just the one kid watches this film and it changes your life and they become a doctor that that's worth it to me with that said i know countless of kids are going to watch this it's going to change lives and they're going to achieve things greater than they ever dreamed of right so that's where we're at with the kickstarter and that's where we're at with all the media and such it's just been a really really busy summer all right so Getting this podcast thing going back in. I know a lot of you guys have sent in requests also to be on the podcast. Keep on sending them. Uh, we're working as fast as we can to get you guys information and get you guys featured on the podcast episode. But we just love the stories. So many stories that have come in that we haven't put out yet. We love you guys' stories. You got great stories. Everybody needs to hear these stories because you're so inspirational. 
just like the one we got today from Mr. Eric Poole. He's a medical student who, when I heard his podcast episode, I mean, the thing that struck me the most is how encouraging and real he is, right? So it's just real. It keeps it real about a story. One of my favorite parts is, spoiler alert, but one of my favorite parts is he says, hey, I wasn't that kid who got straight A's in my science classes in college. As a matter of fact, I was that kid who got straight C's. I didn't get straight A's. I got straight C's. You know, the words of Eric Poole. However, he says, I didn't stop because I wanted to do this. I didn't quit because I wanted to do this. I just love that. He just keeps it real with you guys and you. You'll see that throughout this whole entire episode. I've got some more tidbits that I pulled out of this, but I don't want to ruin it for you. So I'm going to let you check it out. I'm going to let you hear it from the man himself. But on the back end, the back side, the flip side of this podcast, I'm going to come in with a little bit more commentary and tell you some of my favorite parts. Miss Eric Poole, medical student, excellent episode. Check it out. My name is Eric Poole, and I am a black man in a white coat. Currently, I am in my second year of medical school at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm going to take a walk throughout my life and share with you some of my inspirations, my why, and what do I see myself doing in five years. Before I go any further, I would be remiss if I did not give Dr. Dell a huge thank you for taking the time to put on this initiative, Black Men in White Coat, to address the obvious shortage of Black men not only applying, but being admitted to and showing their presence in the medical field. I look forward to, over time, contributing my perspective, my experience, and send the elevator back down to help bring up the future generation of physicians. So just to rewind, um, I vividly recall when I was in fifth grade, I gave a D.A.R.E. speech. And in the D.A.R.E. speech, I told myself that I wanted to be a professional baseball player and a lawyer. Well, as you can see, neither of those are the case. I never went on to play professional baseball, and I'm not practicing law. I am embarking on an exciting journey in medicine, which we all know is a very noble profession. When I was 12 years old, I recall coming home from a family trip with my mother and father. When we got home, my mother checked the answer machine, and it was her oncologist. He wanted her to call her at her earliest convenience. I knew that my mom had had a few lumpectomies for breast cancer, but I did not know the severity of her results. It was at that moment which she found out she had breast cancer. Devastating. I was on the phone with a friend at the time, and I made a comment. What's next? Me having diabetes? If you fast forward eight months to August, when I got home from my first day of seventh grade, my father had a message on the answer machine. It was his stepmom. She said, James, give me a call when you get a moment. Sam had to go to the hospital. Sam is my father's father, my grandfather. When I turned around, I saw my dad start to tear up. I said, Dad, what's wrong? Is granddad okay? He looked back at me and said, no. I said, what's wrong? Is he sick? Did he die? My grandfather died of a heart attack that day. We celebrated his memorial that following Sunday in Flint, Michigan. On our way home from Flint, we arrived to find my aunts sitting on my couch. It was no big deal. They were always at our house. But they had this somber look on their face. Dealing with my mom, my grandfather, I wasn't ready to receive any more bad news. But unfortunately, they shared the inevitable. My uncle, 
who was my mother's oldest sister's husband, also fell victim to a heart attack. That's two deaths in one week on the tales of my mother being diagnosed with breast cancer. But one thing that I did not share is for that entire summer, I had been experiencing frequent urination, frequent thirst. I had lost 15 pounds. Even if I went to the bathroom before going to sleep, I would still have to go to the bathroom seven times, and sometimes I would wet the bed. There was something wrong. My aunt being a nurse, she said, before we have any more issues affect our family, let's get you to the hospital. September 1, 2002 is a day that I will never forget. It's also my father's birthday, but it started my lifelong inspiration to go into the field of medicine. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Over the next several years, I spent a lot of time in clinic, seeing my endocrinologist, my ophthalmologist, and my podiatrist. My A1Cs were great. My blood sugar was in control. I had no fear. My parents told me early on that it's your goal to control diabetes. Don't let diabetes control you. I had phenomenal care. My physicians embodied patient-centered care. It was never them coming into the room talking at me. They wanted to hear my story. They wanted to know what my interests were. They gave me autonomy to work with them to manage my care. A light went on. I said, this is interesting. I've been a patient for X amount of years at this point in time. Why can't I maybe do this? So as you recall, I said I wanted to be a lawyer and a professional baseball player, but having diabetes pretty much shook that up. In addition to my mother having breast cancer and my uncle and grandfather passing away, my mom ended up having a mastectomy, which removed the breast cancer. No chemo, no radiation. She was a true fighter, a survivor to say the least. Watching her fight gave me inspiration. Granted, we had a lot of support, both my mom and I, from the village. My aunts, my siblings, even friends. I used this to carry me on to the University of Michigan. I jokingly said I wanted to cure diabetes, right? Because what kid does not want to dream unrealistically? I got onto some early research projects at the University of Michigan, which is in Ann Arbor, to further my curiosity in medicine or healthcare. But at Michigan, I experienced some challenges. Yes, I said one thing, but my actions did not so much align with where I was at. I was young. I had to figure myself out. I thought that I had arrived on campus and had it all figured out. Needless to say, every freshman that comes to Michigan wants to go into pre-med. After that first general chemistry class, all those students who say they want to be pre-med, many of them aren't there. I didn't do well in my science classes. I'd be lying if I said I got all A's. Actually, I got all C's. And it was very gut-wrenching. But I never gave up. I never gave up because I wanted it bad enough. I made some decisions that may have distracted me. I pledged. I am a member of Alpha Phi Alpha, Epsilon Chapter at the University of Michigan. I was doing a lot of research. I had a part-time job working for University of Michigan Stadium Recycling. Every football game day, um, I would show up in order to get free seats. Show up to encourage students and fans to recycle before kickoff. And once kickoff came by... My job was over. I could sit anywhere I wanted to in the stadium, from the box seats to the student section. Who wouldn't want to take advantage of that? I know I did. I may have missed a few lectures, but I never missed a football game while I was at the University of Michigan. My focus wasn't aligning with what I said I wanted to do. Yes, I was dreaming unrealistic, but the actions weren't there to support those dreams. Needless to say, after all the fun that I had at the University of Michigan, I graduated with a Bachelor's of Science in Movement Science. 
which is in the field of kinesiology. I wanted something more macro. I wanted to see my learning every day. Yes, chemistry and biology are phenomenal subjects, but with movement science, you get into the cognition, the physics, and the physiology that plays itself on a regular basis, and you can actually see it, not just at a molecular level. When I graduated, I had a degree, but I did not know what to do with it. And my GPA wasn't stellar either. I had no plan to get me to that next phase of getting to the MCAT and applying to medical school. But I had this idea. Why not be a firefighter? Why not go into EMS? My parents just spent God knows how much on my college education. I know they wouldn't be too happy with my decision, but I went after it. Again, I knew what I wanted to do. My why was rooted in the fact that I have diabetes. I have received excellent care from my clinicians, but something wasn't connecting at that point in time. So, in addition to starting my journey to be a firefighter, going through my fire academy and getting my EMT license, I enrolled at Eastern Michigan University, which is a neighboring institution to the University of Michigan. At Eastern Michigan, I had the opportunity to retake several of the classes that I did not do well in at the University of Michigan. While in the fire academy and pursuing my EMS license, I was able to make it on the dean's list several times, having taken classes over three semesters, from a 3.0 at the University of Michigan to a 3.5 at Eastern Michigan. I started at a volunteer fire department in Franklin, Michigan, which is near my hometown of Lathrop Village, Michigan, right outside of Detroit, Michigan. That's a mouthful, I know, but we call all that Metro Detroit. After finishing Eastern, I applied to and was accepted to a master's program. Again, even though I did well at the post-bac level, I still wasn't confident in myself to be able to handle the rigor of a medical program. I didn't apply once, but I had to apply many times, three to be exact. The issue was, I'm not very good at taking standardized tests. I'll revisit that later on. But I had to take the GRE three times. I was admitted to the program in 2014, and I graduated with a 3.6 for my master's program. One thing that I failed to mention was after the first year of my master's program, I had aged out of my parents' health insurance. I was turning 26, so I needed to find my own health insurance to manage my diabetes and other health concerns that I had. Why wouldn't I use my skills that I had already developed as a firefighter to be a career fireman? It was a leap. Being a volunteer firefighter gave me the fix that I wanted, but I also had another need, health insurance. So I jumped. I jumped into life-saving mode, whether it was responding to medical emergencies or running into burning buildings. For two years of my life, before I was admitted to medical school, I lived the life of a career fireman. It was amazing. Even time today, I miss it, and I wish that I could go back to it. But God had a greater calling over my life. Even though I wanted to do something, it wasn't what he had put me on this earth to do. So again, it goes back to my original point where I had this dream. I dreamed unrealistically. I was following God's will. I used everything within my power to help me succeed. I used my time interacting with patients to work on my bedside manner, to be calm and how I approach, how I listen, and how we work through problems together. Most people run out of burning buildings. I had the luxury of running into burning buildings. This was exhilarating, but it also taught me a level of cool, to be calm under pressure. These skills have been a great asset to me 
over the course of my time in medical school, even though I don't know everything, there's still so much to learn. I approach complex problems with a different level of focus. I talked earlier about my inability to perform well on standardized exams. I had to take the MCAT four times, with the first time in 2015, the old exam. Funny story. I didn't take any practice tests. Well, I took one the night before the real exam. Even though I had a plan, I was afraid that what I did not know would be revealed to me. But that's the purpose of a practice exam. When I took the exam in 2014, I did something totally different than when I took it in 2015. Again, I did something different when I took it in 2016. But one of the benefits of taking it in 2017 was that I had a full-time job. I had to balance working my shifts with going through material and taking practice tests. The last time I took the MCAT, I probably spent about 15% going over content. Because at this time, through University of Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Wayne State, I had acquired enough knowledge. I just had to learn how to beat the test. After beating the test, I applied for my final time. I had to apply to medical school three times. But the final time, it was all in God's hands. I had done my work. The preparation that I had put into the process had finally led me to success. It was never a dream denied. It was a dream delayed. 2018, I walked into Michigan State University College of Human Medicine as a first-year medical student at the age of 28. I had this idea that I wanted to start medical school right after undergrad at 22. Even though I wanted to, maybe I wasn't ready for it. Maybe I couldn't handle the responsibility, the rigor, the late nights and early mornings. I had to grow a little bit. I graduated from the University of Michigan in 2012, and I started medical school in 2018. Those six years were probably the best years of my life, whether it was working a full-time job, learning about myself, struggling, but growing. I had a phenomenal support system. My parents allowed me to move back home, and as long as I took care of my business, I didn't have to pay one lick of rent. I lived scot-free for six years. I saved some money. I walked into Michigan State with laser beam focus. My goal has always been to be an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, I had one of those injuries where I tore my ACL playing high school football, and that kind of shaped my desire. But what also shaped my desire was having diabetes, experiencing patients in their care, but having mentorship. Mentorship from black men. I can go through my phone, whether it be a cardiologist, an obstetrician and gynecologist, multiple orthopedic surgeons, anesthesiologists, dermatologists, primary care physicians. My phone is loaded with black men in white coats. That's phenomenal. I have been inspired. I have seen, I have learned under their tutelage. We have spent many nights on the phone talking and conversing about how I can be better. So when I learned of this initiative, I knew that this was my time to pay it forward. Yes, we know that the number of black men who are applying, being admitted to, and having a presence in medicine is declining, but we are out here. It's important that we mobilize our efforts to continue to show that it is possible. As Dr. Dell said, we want to change the narrative. Yes, it's cool to see rappers and professional athletes, but it's even cooler to see educated black men 
who are changing the landscape of what it means to be an inspiration to so many other people. I don't take this feat lightly. I welcome it. I love challenges. I enjoy working under pressure. I want to use my experiences to work within my circle to learn and grow, but also to work within, for instance, SNMA, Student National Medical Association, where at my school, we put on an event called Reach Out to the Youth. This past year was on the same day as the Black Man and White Coat Summit in Texas, but hopefully we can partner the two events because what it does is it puts us in front of so many young kids who may not have any idea what medicine or healthcare is about, but like myself, they can leave the event inspired and filled with so much knowledge that even at 12 or 8 or 16, they've seen something that has sparked a fire or has changed their trajectory or made them think in a different way. That's the beauty of what we're doing and where we're going. So in my second year of medical school, I know that I have a lot to learn. I'm learning from my past mistakes, A, because we know that step is a very big part of how we get into our field of choice. I'm hoping to take step by May of 2020. My birthday is June 1st and I'll be 30. So I want to enjoy three months of a strong summer vacation. But the work starts now. Preparation is the key to success. Over these next 11 months, I will definitely be grinding. I will definitely be taking practice tests and practice questions. And I will definitely be in my phone talking to all my mentors, all the black men in white coats to learn how to navigate the challenges that are ahead of me. I used to think that I was the exception, but the rule also applies to me. I too had to work to earn my spot. This process has not been easy, but it has definitely been worth it. So I mentioned earlier about my desire to go into orthopedics. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I had an ACL injury and I had a phenomenal orthopod. (laughs) Like I've had so many other phenomenal providers. But the idea of returning people to full form and function just intrigues me. I enjoy working with my hands. I was talking to the, the director of the orthopedic program tied to my medical college. And he says, you have to be a good craftsman. I think that I'm a good craftsman, but I also have so much to learn. I want to be a phenomenal physician who will transition into being an exceptional surgeon. Orthopedics is just fun to me. You get to have people come in who have ailments and concerns, and whether it be a pin, whether it be a screw, a plate, recommending physical therapy, or putting in a new hip, a new knee, or repairing an ACL. You get people back on their feet and functioning in society sometimes better than they were before the injury occurred. That's my story. That's my five-year plan is to do well on step one and all the subsequent exams that I have to take over the next two to three years, match into a good program, and then hopefully become a spine or trauma orthopedic surgeon. Who knows what may happen? I'm open to other possibilities, but I'm also very intentional with my desire to go into orthopedics. I was told by a mentor, start early, be smart, but also have balance. I want to give a huge shout out again to Dr. Dell and Black Man in White Coats. This is a phenomenal initiative. We definitely have a group of Black men, whether it be medical students, Residents, fellows, and attendings who are willing to help drive this mission forward. 
we want to be the embodiment of the change that we want to see in our world. Again, Dr. Dale, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story. Until next time, my name is Eric Poole, and I am a black man in a white coat. Yes or no question. Was that an awesome episode? Your answer better be yes, because I know it was. It was for me, and it better be yes for you guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. So many little things to be taken out of the episode. So many little tidbits. Um, I already told you guys at the beginning how I just love how real he is, and he made the comment about straight C's. But, but you know, one of the things that I really, really, really like was he talks about how his focus wasn't in alignment with what he was saying. He says, my focus was not aligned with what I was seeing. And I think that is so important, so important, especially for you high school kids who are listening to this to get, right? Um, you college kids as well, uh, and parents too, right, for your kids and even for yourselves. My focus was not aligned with what I was saying. I think it's important because I see this happen every day. So many people, so many people, this is just people's way of life. They're saying X, Y, and Z, I'm going to be great at this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. But your focus isn't aligned with it, right? It's like one of my favorite motivational speakers, E.T., Eric Thomas says, everybody want to be a beast, but nobody wants to do what beasts do. Everybody wants to be a beast, but nobody wants to do what beasts do. Everybody wants to be famous, but nobody wants to do what famous people do to get there. Everybody wants to be an overnight celebrity. Let me tell you guys this. People, you know, people, man, <laughs> people will talk to me about black men and white coats or, you know, all my other stuff that I work on. And they'll see it, but oh, Dr. Dale, that's so cool. You you did this. You're all over the place. You're great, man. I wish I could do this like you did and just blow up and stuff. I'm just going to keep it real. Most people have absolutely no idea how much work this is. Absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. People just want to come on there and be famous and do this, do that, and think, hey, we just make it. Same with med school. People just want to go on, get in medical school, become doctors. Things just happen overnight. Yeah, people have no idea what it takes to do these things. I mean, you think about something like Black Men and White Coast. People say, oh, you got on the Today Show. That was great. You got so lucky. Da, da, da. I mean, you guys have no idea, man. This is almost a decade of grinding, staying up late nights while everybody's sleeping, scheming, strategizing, spending my own money, you know, reaching out to people, being told no, all sorts of crazy things that you got to go through to let people, to even get the respect for people to hear your voice, right? All sorts of stuff that we had to go through before people would even listen to us, right? It's been a long time, a long time. None of this happened overnight, right? But the reason we're able to make it is because our focus was in alignment with what we've been saying all this time. For the pre-medical student who says, I want to be a doctor, but you're out there kicking it and partying. Everything Eric said that he was doing, football game and research and pledge and all that stuff, which is nothing inherently wrong with any of that. And Eric's a perfect example. He still made it. But if you if you're saying you want to do all those things, you can't expect to get the things you want if you're not doing the things you're supposed to do to get it. E.T. said, everybody want to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do. Oh, I want to be the strongest guy on the football field. Hey, are you in the waist? You taking those hits? Everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do. Your focus has to be in alignment with what you're saying for you to be successful. And for me, hands down, easily that was the biggest takeaway point from this whole thing and i wish i could just make a poster and put that on everybody's wall who's listening to this right you guys need to go ahead and quote eric pull on i don't know if you go by ep eric maybe you should go by ep is your nickname right align what you're saying with your focus align your focus with what you're saying 
EP. All right. So important. So I hope all the kids listen to that. They're taking that um, message seriously. Take it to heart because that, if you get that one thing, if you listen to all the Black Men White Clothes podcasts we put out so far, listen to every single last one of them. If you get nothing out of any of them except for that thing that Eric said there, and if you adhere to it, if you subscribe to that way of living, make sure you focus it in alignment with what you're saying, you're going to be successful. You're going to be successful. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm so passionate about what he said right there. I love it, Eric. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I'm going to leave it at that because I'm going to get too hype. Y'all going to hear me screaming on this microphone because that's what I do when I get hype and get amped. But y'all don't want to hear that today, okay? All right. Anyways, thank you guys so very much for listening to this podcast. Um, really appreciate it. We have fans like you, listeners like you. Please, please, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, rate the podcast. Give us good ratings. Share the podcast. Do all that great stuff that the podcast get out there. And make sure our youth are hearing it. Make sure our parents are hearing it. Make sure our educators are hearing it. Tell a friend about the podcast. Um, we're trying to change lives with this. We're trying to give hope to this, with, to people with this. All right. Thank you guys so very much. Love you. Have a great week. Shh.